Hello and welcome to the Cunning and Loyalty podcast, a podcast where we discuss all things Harry Potter. My name is Gabrielle and I am a Slytherin. I have read the movies. Uh, I've read the movies. <laughs> I have seen the movies and I have read the books. And with me is... Christian. Hi. Um, my house is a Hufflepuff. I've never read the books. I've seen all the movies. And so, so we should have some interesting <laughs> thoughts on it. I basically forced him into doing this podcast with me because I heard he'd never read the books. And I thought that that was absolutely ridiculous in the year of 2018. So... In my defense, I did read, like, the first two books when I was in elementary school. Um, but that's about it. I think that's even worse. Because <laughs> that means you started, and then you never finished. I did read The Cursed Child. Does that... Uh, I don't, does that I'm not... <laughs> I think I'm one of the many that just would rather not count that as part of the Harry Potter series. You and I both. We're starting this podcast off with some pretty controversial opinions. <laughs> um, so how this podcast works is that every week we'll be discussing two chapters. I know that there's certain podcasts like MuggleCast who does like a week, a chapter every single week, but I personally feel like they have much more dedication to doing that every week. So I feel like two chapters is a much more reasonable ambition to have. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So we are starting off with Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. But before we start talking about the books, I think it's pretty important that we talk about some of our opinions on the newest Fantastic Beast movie. Okay, so first things first, we are going to start off with um, our opinions on the Fantastic Beasts Crimes of Grindelwald movie. This part will include spoilers, so if you guys have not yet seen the movie, then I suggest you skip forward about 20 minutes or so <laughs> in the podcast so that you don't get spoiled. If you guys would like to hear a official review, I have a review uploaded on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash C slash Frumius, F-R-U-M-I-O-U-S, and you guys can check it out there. Um, we are actually going to be discussing specifically what happened in the very last scene of Crimes of Grindelwald. So once again, this is your last warning of spoilers being included. Let's discuss. Christian, okay. what did you think of the final scene between Grindelwald and Credence? I wouldn't put it past Grindelwald um, to be lying to Credence about mm -hmm. being a Dumbledore. Uh, that's just from what we've seen from the entire movie, you know. Grindelwald will say what you want to hear and you know giving giving credence this a powerful name that just imbues you know that's a dream come true to someone you know um so I wouldn't put it past him lying about that but uh I I do believe he is a Dumbledore not for any in-universe reasons but mainly because um it's the end of a movie it's the last movie twist that's so like <laughs> generally that's how they end a movie yeah that's how it, so that's why i believe it's like yeah okay he's a Dumbledore. It's, <laughs> this is how movies work the next twist the next movies be like and he was not actually a dumbledore um, kind of playing both sides <laughs> yeah no um i can see that that's how they end the third one's like oh you're not actually a dumbledore and then movie ending no um my opinion was rather thoroughly and loudly discussed in yes. my spoiler uh in my official review of the crimes of Grindelwald. I was not a fan of the ending, mostly for two reasons. Um, one, it goes against what we has already been established in Harry Potter canon, which as someone who does a lot of reviews and is really, you know, I was, I'm very much into the, I'm very interested in the Harry Potter series specifically. Um, so ha hearing something that completely goes against canon just 
doesn't make sense to me. Um, but mostly for two, it just felt so rushed. It was something that was very much like this was Credence's whole storyline. It felt like they forgot his storyline until that very last ending moment. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, we're just going to make him a Dumbledore and then end the movie type thing. You know, if there had been more of a lead up, more clues dropped in the movie, then I feel like it wouldn't have been so random and out of place at the end. Right. You know, like if there was more like dropping, like, oh, it's, you know, there's maybe another kid out there. Yeah. Name. If they had studied more into like Dumbledore's past specifically and like there had been clues and maybe this will be what happens in the next movie i don't know but for me personally already knowing that one in the actual harry potter canon we have it established that there are five members of the dumbledore family that we know of and that's it and there's only aberforth ariana and albus who are the dumbledore children it goes against that canon that's right. already been established to have credence added in randomly out of nowhere um and have absolutely nobody in the wizarding world know about it especially if credence is grindelwald's like secret weapon and because like those points weren't established in the movie like because we didn't see the insight into dumbledore's life we didn't see like the lead up that there could have been a secret sibling that we didn't know about Mm -hmm. it just it felt very sloppy and i feel like this is part of um the J.K. Rowling recent problem that we've been having with her retconning stuff in canon and adding stuff in that just doesn't, that wasn't either presented or like it's just completely the first time we're hearing about certain stuff. Um, in my and like I love I love the universe J.K. Rowling has built. I understand that she is like a creative mastermind when it comes to building plots and having secret plot points that all tie together at the very end. But I feel like her work when it comes to write book writing and her work when it comes to screenwriting, her, her like herself as a screenwriter tries to do the same things that she does in her books, but it doesn't come across as well because it's a different medium. Right. Does that make sense? Like yeah, in the it's, movies, it's screenwriting is a completely different thing than. Uh, yeah. novel writing and what you can do in a novel you don't necessarily can do in a screen in a screenplay yeah and i think that's where there was that lack of yeah um there was that lack of like connectivity with mm-hmm. the credence being a dumbledore but it's like because in the book yeah you can drop all those hints and be fine but in a movie if it's not right there so the audience can see it yeah it's completely out of nowhere uh, what i'm hoping for the next movie is they kind of explain that a little more uh, yeah. why he's a Dumbledore, um, how he's a Dumbledore. Because right now it's more like, um, how did Lita uh, switch up you know, her brother and this kid magically that happens to be a Dumbledore? How did how did that all kind of come to be? How, right. why, is, why was he going to America? You know, there's, there's just a lot of questions that we don't have answered yet. And so that that's kind of my thing. I want... I wanted more hints to those answers in in this movie, yeah. but we don't have them, so it's just it's a lot of explanation. Yeah. Um, I did see the movie again uh, with my brothers. They were mad at me that I watched it without them, <laughs> so I promised to go watch it with them. Um, and there there's a couple of things I picked up in the movie more, uh, but one thing that really noticed that I really noticed from this movie and then like it kind of reminded me of watching the other movies because again I I haven't read the books right it's that uh Albus Dumbledore is very secretive of his mm-hmm. life and you know it's so secretive to the point that he didn't even tell the ministry that you know he can't find Grindelwald because of a blood pact he just told him like I can't do it mm-hmm. um with i'm gonna interrupt you real quick and say with albus dumbledore's characterization and what we know of him from the like the first seven harry potter books Mm -hmm. that is very like that is very in character yeah he told absolutely nobody about the whole plan with harry and the horcruxes and who harry was until the very end when he had to and you see this again in fantastic beasts and so i guess that's where 
especially where I get frustrated. It's like, okay, you did so well with continuing the characterization of this one character. Yeah. And so I just don't understand, like, why that couldn't have been continued with just other things that were in canon, you know? Yeah. I think that's where part of my frustration comes in. You had like, this uh, canon thing with yes. Dumbledore being very secretive with his plans. Yes. And then he had this this other um, right. plot point. And I feel like if you had kept with, because Dumbledore is very secretive, if you had focused more on Dumbledore and his secrets and, like, maybe, like, had more of him in the movie, then if it could have been a better leading up point to the end reveal. Like, you could have shown that he'd keep secrets. You could have shown that things about him on file aren't necessarily true. Yeah. You know, and I get, I think that's where they're going to lead is, like, somehow, somewhere, yeah. his family history or his family tree was changed. But because you didn't put that in the movie, and this is all just speculation, when the ending was revealed and there wasn't as much in-depth, like, poking around about it or, like, in-depth, like leading up to credence's real history then it just it just didn't make sense yeah and then it was the shocker it was a shock value ending it was mm -hmm. just shock and then it was over and it it that doesn't always necessarily work yeah yeah no completely understand um so th this movie was very much a setting up you know you're setting up your chess right. pieces in this movie which right. fine uh, movies do that they do but this there's always a good way and a not so good way in doing that. And exactly. this one, this movie just kind of did it in not so good a way just because there's so many things we that are left questioned and we have to wait for the next movie. Exactly. Which, again, nothing wrong with that, but... It, a two-year wait makes, yeah. it, makes it harder to accept what we've been giving. Yeah. And especially, I feel like this movie, you didn't even need to see the first movie for. Oh, if they were, if you they were gonna, didn't know. No, not... If you were going to use any movie as a setup, it should have been the first movie. Mm -hmm. And then this one, you could have continued building what you set up in the first movie as well as introducing yeah. new points. Um, but I, I, I did like the movie. It, it was yeah. a very good movie. Um, it was a good it was a good entertainment movie. Yeah. It was lots of really shiny, flashy things that you can distract yourself with. Yeah. But the actual content yeah. of the movie was so jumbled and distracting <laughs> that it didn't make sense by the end. Too many things were yeah, happening. Yeah, too, too many things. But um, kind of going back to the ending, yes, it yes. was awesome. That, just cre yeah. it, Credence like, getting a wand and then just like him hearing his name revealing that he's a Dumbledore and then mm -hmm. shooting out this a bolt of magical energy that pretty much just goes through a uh, mountain and having a phoenix flaming right behind him. That was awesome. That was I very... loved it. Amazing picture a scene yeah. to end on, yes. Yeah, and, and you know, him being surprised at just how much power he actually has. I love that. Although, like, I don't get why he got angry. Because he doesn't know who Dumbledore is. He knows nothing about the wizarding world. Okay. I think he got angry because, like, there's this guy, you know, this magical guy who who was kind of taking care of him a bit, even in the first movie, as, uh... I don't, oh, I, Grind Grindelwald, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, um, so giving him, a, giving this magical guy this magical kid a wand which he's always wanted since mm -hmm. the first movie telling him he's magical and your family wants to kill you mm. you who doesn't even know he has a family yeah i get why he would be upset i could see that too and again grindelwald is very very seductive in in uh, mm -hmm. using the same words <laughs> but he's he's very seductive in the sense that he's able to give people oh, what they want or tell them like a silver tongue like that's what they said oh yeah he, that's why they got... cut out his tongue in the beginning yeah. like yeah yeah so so I, I get why he would be angry he's like i don't even know my name and my family wants to kill me right so 
I personally, I honestly am kind of, I'm, uh, this is more of a hope than like a belief, but I'm really hoping that Grindelwald was lying because mm-hmm. a lot of, there was a lot of lead up to the fact that Grindelwald just needed credence. Yeah. Right. He, he needed him to win the war and Grindelwald has some of those seer capabilities where he can see the future. Mm-hmm. With so, that magical hookah smoking. I know, that was really cool. That was cool. I really enjoyed that. The hookah smoking that. skull, you're just like, yeah. hey, it's a caterpillar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lewis Carroll made a surprise appearance. Um, no, but uh, I think that Grindelwald is manipulative enough to definitely be like, I just need this kid on my side no matter what, and I mm-hmm. need him to kill Dumbledore. So I think it's pretty likely that he did lie to Credence at the end. I don't think he, I don't know if you remember this from the seventh movie. I think they talked, they touched on it a little bit. Yeah. So in this, for those of you guys who may not remember ariana was a magical child who was performing had having like bursts of accidental magic outside one day and muggle children came over and saw her doing that and they kind of tortured her until she um and she stopped displaying magic and in a, in essence became an obscurial i guess yeah. later on oh what credence was. um what credence was yeah. ariana's father went after the muggle boys and he was sent away mm-hmm. to ask man yeah so let's say that the mom of the dumbledore kids like if she maybe had gotten pregnant after the father was sent away yeah with someone else and mm-hmm. realized it was dangerous because she was the one staying home taking care of ariana who yeah. had these big like outbursts of magic like how credence does so if she had become pregnant again and just decided it wasn't safe to keep the baby at home with ariana's outbursts of magic and sent the baby away on the ship which is where lita found them yeah then that could be an explanation for why maybe he wasn't on record because she didn't tell anyone yeah um it it would make a lot of sense and also um kind of if credence stays with grindelwald if he if he stays kind of evil, he's, he's part of the enemy team now. Um, I would understand why they would kind of not want to talk about him. Because, you know, Sirius Black, he was... In, I remember this from the movies. Mm-hmm. He was talking about Little Lestrange. Was it Little Lestrange? Or Bellatrix. Mm-hmm. He was talking about Bellatrix Lestrange. And he was talking about how his family basically burned out, like, the people they didn't want to talk about. And they didn't right. talk about them. So I would understand that. It's like, okay, here's my half-brother who tried to kill me. I, I We reached out and we tried to you know bring him back but at the end of the day he was just evil and couldn't do it or like yeah so i would get why they wouldn't want to talk about him and why they wouldn't want to uh really bring him up a bit because it's like oh i have a family member that was part of grindelwald right yeah so my my mind went to more like if he was involved in the family tree then the mother must have hidden himself Mm -hmm. somehow because they're shown like everyone is on the family tree like even even if they get burned off there's still a place for them so there would still be like this random burn portrait for another sibling so I'm wondering if the mother just hit him completely, like removed him entirely from the family tree, yeah. um, and then just sent him away to live maybe with another magical family in America. And, and technically, that would also mean that he's not really a Dumbledore. He's a whatever the mother's last name was. Barebone. Barebone. He oh, would be oh, a bare oh, bone. oh, yeah. oh! You, are you meaning? Are you meaning Dumbledore, like the mom? Yeah, the mom. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't know her name. I don't know her maiden name. Yeah. So so in essence, you know, Credence technically isn't a Dumbledore. He's just he's a half sibling of Albus, but not the Dumbledore because you know he didn't get Mm -hmm. his father's name. Right. He got someone else's name (laughs) or something like that. Yeah. So that so there there's a lot that speculation. Yeah, there's a lot of speculation going around. Um, I think the main one is that I've heard that he is just a Dumbledore sibling who was just removed because of his alliance choices Mm -hmm. or he was erased somehow from public knowledge 
uh, because of his alliance with yeah. Grindelwald. I've heard that he Grindelwald's lying. That's a big one because yeah. it just doesn't make sense otherwise for him to be a Dumbledore without there being some kind of huge backstory that they yeah. have to explain. Um, and then the Dumbledore, he's a half sibling that none of the rest of the Dumbledore family knew about. Yeah, and are I, the primary three yeah. theories I've heard. I've heard some other ones too. There's some yeah. very interesting ones. There's one involving like a time turner, which I thought was really cool. That like, would, that be, would interesting. be an interesting one where it was like. Um, Albus, I don't know. He it was like a time turner thing because McGonagall is also in this movie, even though she mm-hmm. shouldn't be because she wasn't born yet. <laughs> I don't know. According to Pottermore, like her birthday is after this movie, like after this timeline of the movie, and yet is she was really? in this movie. I, I, so I mean, the other, the last theory, which is what I originally went with, and I'm now trying to trying to be more optimistic and not fall into so much it's just that this is just really sloppy writing including him but right. we're but, gonna try and avoid that yeah, until the next movie because i'm going, trying to be hopeful using any universe stuff um yes. though i i do believe it's kind of like a combination of others he is a half sibling uh and he is and grindelwald is lying to him that he is a dumbledore he is he's related to the dumbledores but is mm-hmm. not an actual dumbledore and yes. they probably just didn't talk about him because again why would you want to talk about a sibling who was part of you know grindelwald's team exactly yeah so so i I wouldn't mind that Mm -hmm. i would i wouldn't mind that but um yeah (laughs) it's very it's a very interesting theory to talk about um and i'd love to hear from you guys if you guys have heard of any really cool other theories on explaining who credence actually is whether you think that grindelwald was telling the truth or was lying um and is he actually a dumbledore sibling or will will we still continue to learn to who he really is but yeah so without further ado we are going to continue on into discussing the going into the going into the very beginning back to the beginning here avoiding all this madness and going and starting with the original chapter one and two of harry potter and the sorcerer's stone all right you ready Yes. Let's do this. Okay, so chapter one of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone by J.K. Rowling. What was your opinion? Because you said you'd read the first two books at some point in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, So how was it going back to reread it? It was very much a blast from the past. Um, When I was reading it, I felt kind of like a child again. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the best way to describe that because I I remember reading it with my class. It was a class assignment book. Really? Um, I'm surprised that the school let you because I know that they had that whole thing about banning Harry Potter and a bunch of parents didn't want Harry Potter in the schools. We kind of actually talked about that a little bit. If I remember correctly, this was so long ago, but um, it wasn't so bad. You know, my teacher told us, like, it's a great book series you know it teaches you a lot and we're like great you know magic let's do this yeah i think anything <laughs> with magic pretty much people jump into it usually um, and as a kid anyway so reading it was, was a blast from the past and you know i i was able to kind of skim through parts because like oh i remember i specifically remember this i specifically remember this and then um I, so i was to say i was comparing the book to the movie Obviously. Yeah, I was doing um, that too. Mainly because, again, you know, I just grew up watching the movies. Speaking specifically about the books, though, the Dursleys are horrible people. Oh, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I think I think one of these going back and because in the movies you see them be horrible people. Yeah. But then you go back and you really kind of read through the first chapter and you're like, wow, I the, forgot how terrible yeah, they were. Because in the movie it starts off with Dumbledore and Hagrid and. McGonagall just talking about mm-hmm. Harry and you know talking about the Dursleys but in the books we learn about the Dursleys we read about them we learn about kind of their behaviors about everyone and honestly this first chapter really should have debunked that whole Horcrux theory 
about, um, you know, the Dursleys were bad people because Harry was a Horcrux and he influences, the Horcrux influences people's behaviors, you know? Do you remember that theory? Oh, I do remember that theory. Okay, but, yeah. I so, mean, we're, we're jumping really deeply into this first chapter. Oh, of so course, yeah. my opinion was, I, I, remember, I remember reading that theory. I thought that it made more sense because you see in the beginning that they are terrible people. But because they didn't have Harry at the beginning, it's like, okay, well, what really, how horrible would they have been without Harry there? Like, did Harry and being a horror crux actually amplify all those horrible aspects? Mm, yeah. Or, and then, like, over time, it just got worse and worse? Yeah. Um, or if he hadn't go gone to them, would they have just been, like, this low level of horrible rather than the massive amounts of horrible that we see later on when Harry is living with them? Right, right. So, um, but, I mean, that kind of goes back to if you believe that Harry being a horror crux affected them that yeah. way. I mean, either way, they weren't going to end, like, it's not like Harry being a horcrux and living with them ruined them of being nice people, because we already saw that they weren't nice no, people yeah, in the beginning. Definitely. I just think it's interesting because you could have seen, like, they would have been low-level horrible, but Harry could have amplified their horribleness. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that, that's true. That could have happened. Another thing, they name-dropped Sirius Black. I got so excited, because when I first read... The first book, it's been a while since I have read the series. I used to yeah. read um, books four through seven a lot when they came out. Like, I would reread from book four on. But I haven't read the actual beginning of the series in a long time. Yeah. So I completely forgot that Sirius Black was even brought up at yeah. all. And that, it, and then by the time we got to book three, I had forgotten that he had been mentioned previously when I was originally reading the series. So I thought that was so cool to go back and see his name. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool that they like named up. It just it, it kind of gives it gives a Rowling a little more credit to her uh, to her kind of setting up the story in the long run a little bit. In the beginning, know? yes. Yeah, in the beginning, you know, she she planted these little seeds. She did. Out. Yeah. So, so having you know just again because I I know the movies. And, you know, reading Sirius Black's like, wow, I didn't even realize they talked about him no. this early. And I don't think in the movies they brought him up at all. Uh, well, actually, maybe when Haggard, I'd have to go back and watch that scene again, but maybe when Haggard brought the motorbike, he might have mentioned him, but I just often hold my head, I can't remember if yeah, he did. Yeah, you know, because he did borrow the motorbike from Sirius Black. Yeah. And, and you know, reading this chapter, it made me realize the kind of placing of where it all happened. Oh, yeah. It, it, happens, it happens before Peter Pettigrew's, you know, mm -hmm. death quote-unquote, <laughs> yeah. and um, before Sirius Black's arrest, you know, so it's it was like, oh, so I know these things, I can now place this scene, what I'm reading, like, in a timeline, and it's so much before, you know, all that other stuff that happened, so it, it was kind of exciting, really. For me, having already read the books, and having it, it have been, it's been such a long time since I've gone back to read the first book, uh, going back to reading the first chapter was, like, really nostalgic, uh, because I forgot how much how much I had forgotten. Like I had completely because I've seen the first movie so many times in comparison to how many times I've read the first book. I had completely forgotten that we don't just start off with Albus apparating to Privet Drive, mm -hmm. um, and McGonagall jumping off out of cat form. I forgot that we had the whole scenes with the Dursleys as a family first, and so going back and reading that, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. And then I also thought, kind of genius, that she started where she did in this first chapter, having knowing now what I do know about the series. Because the magical world is so, it, it's so huge and so vast and it's really kind of impossible just to explain all at once. So starting from the perspective of people who just know absolutely nothing about the magical world mm -hmm. other than what little Petunia remembers um, from her sister having been, having been part of it, um, it really gives the reader a chance to kind of realize like, okay, like they don't know, I don't know what's going on, but neither do they. So it just doesn't make sense in yeah. general. 
And then as you go continue on in the book, because Harry knew nothing about the magical world, it's still okay for things not to make sense. Um, so I just thought that was a really interesting point to start off with because it's it's easy from there, from starting with someone who knows nothing about this world and knows nothing about the customs or what magic is or how it works. Yeah. It's easy to continue and build that on and on in the series. Yeah. So I just think starting there, it's like I really re I realize now um, what a great starting point it was. And going back, and our first introduction to Albus, you see how far he is in playing the long game. Mm -hmm. Like even this beginning point, you can see that he's already figured out what Tom Riddle did, and what he can do to stop this, and yeah. so like placing Harry there was a very purposeful move, and so really you see now, now that we know Albus's whole endgame, yeah. you can really appreciate how much of like a chess player he is in this first yeah. chapter. Oh, definitely. Jumping off of what you were saying, you know, about Albus playing the long game and you know being introduced to this magical world, you know, I noticed that actually in chapter two, great, great breakaway to uh, chapter two. <laughs> um, we saw like small little examples of magic, you know, mm -hmm. describing Harry, you know, running away from bullies and ending up on a roof, or you know, just wanting his cousin to go away somewhere and him popping up. You know, we see these small examples of magic that are very realistic. You know, these like, oh yeah, I wanted to like run away from some kids and I ended mm -hmm. up and I wanted to be far away where they couldn't get me, so I ended up on a roof. You know, the, yeah. the, these very realistic. Uh, pockets of magic that is very easy for some kids to follow. And since, it, you know, this is a kid's book, you know, I, it's just one of those things I appreciated, you know. Yeah, she did very, she did very well, like, showing magic, but in a way where kids are like, oh, this is just weird things that keep happening to yeah. me, and I know it's not normal, but oh well, it yeah. works, I think. <laughs> exactly, yeah, and I remember when Harry ended up on the roof, like, yeah, maybe I just, like, was uh, very light and climbed really fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Something. yeah. laughs> It reminds me of that scene in Venom with Tom Hardy, mm -hmm. uh, where he's like, can a parasite, like, I don't know, make you jump really high yeah. or like fly and <laughs> Another thing I loved about this book was that it, it, more allusions to like future books, you know, in the second book, the parcel tongue aspect of it, because yeah. you know, being in the zoo and, you know, being able to sort of speak to a snake. Because when I was reading that, and I remembered when I was little, like, oh, more magic. You, you could talk to animals. Yeah. Perfect. But the... It's even deeper than that, because it, it's a form of magic that not many people have, and we learned that like in the further books. So it, it was kind of exciting, you know, it realizing is. that, connect, making that connection, like, okay, you know, she's giving us magic, and now she's giving us a rare form of magic, but the reader doesn't know. Exactly, and it's she does that really well, where once again, it's something that comes to play an entire book later, and yeah. it's like a main plot point of the entire book, and here she just kind of builds it up as like, oh, this is something here can yeah. do. I honestly, I, I that feel like chapter two I remember a lot better than chapter one, because once again, in the book, adapta the book to movie adaptations, they did really well with taking a lot of scenes directly from the book. Mm -hmm. So the zoo scene was one that I really remember very well. And I thought that it was very interesting how the whole reason that Harry was able to go to the zoo was because the Dumbledore spy, Mrs. Fig, yeah. she was sick or she had hurt herself that day. Um, mm -hmm. So she wasn't able to take care of Harry. And then he ends up going to the zoo and having this gigantic display of accidental magic. Yeah. Right about the time that he's about to get his Hogwarts leather. So it's like, you know, it's just really interesting how that all worked out so perfectly. And I, re I remember hearing um, back when this movie came out and once the later books had already come out um, that the snake that he had helped escape from the zoo was actually Nagini. Um, and there was really? a theory. There was a theory that was going around that that's what Nagini, that's where Nagini came from, and it yeah. turns out that she had escaped and whatever, like somehow was you know yeah. hooked up with Voldemort after. 
Um, now we know that's apparently very different. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about that part at all. No, not yet. Uh, not yet. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we already started off with way too many controversial, controversial opinions. Have we? <laughs> in this podcast. I don't think enough. Um, you know, I hate Nagini's the portrayal in Fantastic Beasts, but anyway, let's go yeah. on. I found that whole scene very cool because here's this gigantic display of magic that we now can understand. It's like, this is not normal. Yeah. Like, obviously, Harry, there's something going on. And... Oh, I, the whole where he where he mentions that he had a dream about flying on a motorbike, mm, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it was like, oh, like yeah, that just happened in the last chapter. So it's like that, that's just it's so cool what he remembered. Like he yeah. remembered that, and like it comes into play so much more later on. It's like yeah, that you won't find out for a while, but that actually happened. Yeah. That's how you were taken and away from your house. You know, it it really gets us into the mind of Harry. A little bit, mm -hmm. um, because before it would give us uh, kind of a third person on the on the scent mm -hmm. kind of thing, but here we really did it like a third person limited, which is like we see everything through Harry's eyes. We understand Harry. You know, he feels beaten down. He feels like no one. He lives under uh, under some stairs. We're mm -hmm. <laughs> crying out loud, and you know, reading this, I felt like wow. I feel horrible. <laughs> I know. And like, wait, I I sleep on the bed. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so um, again, it just kind of goes to two rollings and the ability to to get us into the mindset of, of you know this kind of little kid who's essentially a Cinderella-esque character. Very Cinderella-esque. Yeah. yeah, really setting up, setting up kind of that Cinderella story in a sense. But instead of a uh, instead of a glass slipper, he gets a, a wooden wand. Yeah, he gets a wooden wand and a magical school and a bunch of cool friends. Yeah, um, and an owl. And an owl, yeah. which made me want an owl for a very long time. Um, another thing I noticed was um, I com I had completely forgot about this. Uh, Harry mentioned you know someone shaking his hand. Yeah. You know, in a store, like mm -hmm. thank you, Miss Potter, or something like that. He just shook his hand very excitedly, yeah. and he's like, "That was weird," but it's probably just an adult being an adult. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like he didn't question it yeah. at all. Um, but and, yeah, you see that, and you go back, and you see these characters, and see these things that pop out. Where it's yeah. like, yeah, this is the Wizarding World, like encroaching on Harry's world. Mm -hmm. Um, but he just doesn't know it yet. He doesn't know anything about his heritage and where he comes from. No, and of course not, yeah. What he, what he has done in the Wizarding World. And part of the, I used to not like going back to me because I used to not like the fact that the character had to relearn everything again. Yeah. But having, it, it having been so long since I have read this first book, I, I thought it was so refreshing because it's like he doesn't know anything about mm -hmm. what's going to happen. And it makes you kind of get back into when you first read this book. Like, you don't know anything that's going to happen either. And that's probably why I'm excited to hear your opinions. Because yeah. you haven't actually read beyond the first two yeah. books. And you haven't read those two books in a very long time. The, so. the best way to describe these first two chapters is like the beginning of a video game. Yeah. You know, you, you can't do all the amazing combos or you mm -hmm. can't do all the amazing magic or all that stuff. You're just a lowly character, low level, just still learning the controls and with Harry you know it's, it's, that's essentially what it was. So overall your first impression of the first two chapters of the book they were positive? Uh yeah yeah they were. That's good yeah I agree with that. I think it's been really great to go back and jump in and get that nostalgia feel again. But overall, that brings us to the end of our first episode. We'd love to know what you guys think, so feel free to reach out to us on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at cunningloyalty, so at C-U-N-N-I-N-G-L-O-Y-A-L-T-Y, and yes, that's a very long username. Or you can reach out to us on either of our social medias. Christian has a Twitter that he will share with you. Uh, at Pacifist Pickle. 
And then you can find me on YouTube or Twitter um, at Frumious Reads. So F-R-U-M-I-O-U-S-R-E-A-D-S. And we will be both posting updates to this podcast and when you guys are going to expect the next episode. Happy holidays for those of you celebrating. Um, and we will talk to you guys later. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.